You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy, and I'm joined today by, once again, for his third appearance on Heating Up the UK, the founder of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Mr. Ethan Skolnick. Ethan, how are you, sir? Hopefully third time will be a charm. Uh, hopefully <laughs> there are no quizzes today. No quizzes, right? This There's no quizzes. quizzes. Yeah, okay, th- this is the only time I've not. I am not going to be quizzing you. And yes, we, uh, we. This is your third appearance, which puts you level with Will Manso and Mike Inglis. So you're in good mm-hmm. company. They're both taller than me, so I'm not going to be level with either of them. But that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. I, I think they're both over six feet, and I'm about five foot one. No, I'm actually five eight and a half. But either way, so <laughs> it's good to be level with them in some fashion. Great stuff. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I know how busy you are, um, so I really appreciate you you taking up some time to talk to me. Um, we join at the moment, exactly, this is the 11th of March 2021, which marks one year since the NBA shut down. I remember the night incredibly vividly. Um, I'm sure you do too. You was at the arena that night, is that right? Yeah, it's a, it's a strange uh, memory, actually, because things were starting to happen that day. And, and typically, I, I live in the Fort Lauderdale, I live in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and it's about 26, 27 miles from the arena uh, on, a, on a bad day. As, and there were a lot of bad days at that point it, for some reason uh, it, with construction and everything else. It would take me like an hour, sometimes even an hour 15 to get down to the arena, get parked and all that. Mm-hmm. On that day, because so many people had decided not to go to the game because of things that were happening, we weren't even totally 100% sure there was going to be a game. It took me 31 minutes. Uh, that's it wow. to, to get parked. And so you knew something was changing, right? And then during the game, the news started to break. The Heat played Charlotte that night without Jimmy, and they actually took mm. a big lead, if you remember. They were yes. up like 30, and they, they squandered the whole lead. Now, they didn't know what was happening necessarily because a lot of this was happening while they were on the court. It was happening on Twitter the Rudy Gobert situation, what was happening in OKC mm. and players getting quarantined. And so I remember in the third quarter of that game as the Heat were sort of, uh, you know, frittering away that lead. Uh, I was talking to an usher behind me and he's like, I don't think we're going to see each other again this year. And I said, yeah. I don't think we are either. And and that's pretty much the way it played out. Um, you know, we got to the postgame press conference. We were told there'd be no player interviews in the locker room. And we, we started speaking to Eric Spolstra and he basically, he didn't take questions. He had two, he had, he had a statement to make. He made one additional statement and that was it. And then we didn't see them again for a while. In fact, we didn't see them on the court, obviously until the bubble. Um, and I haven't ha- I haven't conducted an in-person interview with the player since, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're a year out now. Everything is on zoom calls. I I'm not really sure that that's going to change anytime this season. Yeah. We'll see if it changes for next season, but, yeah, it just happened so quickly. And I think when you look back at it, and I think why there's a little bit of frustration with some of the way the NBA's handled things this season, the NBA was probably the most responsible organization in America uh, during that period of time. They, they were much more responsible than our godforsaken government. Um, <laughs> and, and they basically took all the measures that were supposed to be taken at the time and became a model for how you handle a situation like this. Because if you think of it, if they had not shut it down that day, uh, what the ramifications would have been and mm. you know and they all ult- they ultimately averted that now this year's been choppier obviously but 
Uh, but at the very beginning of this, they handled things, I think, extraordinarily well. Yeah, I totally agree. They, they did um, do everything spot on. Um, it's been an incredible year. I remember it um, so vividly myself because um, I remember the same evening earlier on in that evening, I'm a big um, Liverpool football fan and um, I'd been down to watch my team play in the Champions League, quarterfinal of the Champions League, which we should have won. We unexpectedly got knocked out in almost the last kick of the game. So I came home from the uh, from the pub really pissed off, put on the Miami Heat game, watched us squander this massive lead to lose the game. So it pissed me off even more. And then of of course, the league got suspended, which was two weeks before I was due to come out to Miami and uh, do some quite wonderful things that the Heat had laid on to me and the Marlins as well. I was going to see the opening game for Marlins. So I had this incredible once in a lifetime trip all set up. That was two weeks to go until uh, until I was due to fly out. And that all got suspended as well. So it goes down pretty much as one of the worst nights, really. One of the worst, worst three, four hours um, that I've ever experienced. But there we go. Such is the world these days. And uh, it was hopefully- worse for Rudy Gobert. Whatever it was for you, Dan, it was worse for Rudy Gobert. So that's just, this is very true. He, he was public enemy number one. We we have new public enemy number ones now, but at that time it was Rudy Gobert. So yeah, better yeah. for you than him. Yeah, true. Very true. Right. Um, we'll come on to sort of the biggest uh, news now. We'll get this out of the way. The biggest news that had happened uh, this week, which was the Myers Leonard situation. Um, we're not obviously going to go over what happened because everybody knows what happened. But um, I just want to get your thoughts on this. I want to I want to sort of go through what I believe my, my takeaways from the statement and then the consequences. But first of all, I want to get your thoughts on sort of how disappointing this is, because this is a player that I've always you know, he gets a little bit of a hard time um, for uh, from fans for, you know, what people call him essentially a cheerleader and why have we resigned this cheerleader? But when I, I always look back at uh, the effective times that we had on court with Myers Leonard, and it was it, we had some good, successful moments with him on the court. So I, I was very pleased when he resigned. I don't get the the argument for some fans to say, you know, we've resigned a cheerleader because his idea was when he got injured, you know, if I'm g- not going to be a part of the team on the court, I'm going to do everything I can off the court. So I admired that. I've got a lot of admiration for him. We knew. We, everyone knows that he's a fan favourite. He interacts. He's very available. He comments. He likes. I know that you guys at Five Reasons have a good relationship with him. So it just mm-hmm. is incredibly frustrating to see what has happened. So I want to get your perspective on, um, I'm assuming you're with, with everybody else on this. Is This is just a, a, an incredibly disappointing uh, situation. Yeah, it is. And you're right. I mean, one of the reasons that this, you know, became an issue and, and again, the, the, well, let's start here. The, the the word he used i mean i'm jewish um the word yeah. he used there's no way around this there's no there's it, it's offensive if you know i i know that a lot of people don't know it i, I understand that I, I i do tend to believe him i will say that because i i know also others he's interacted with since the situation and, and i think that is genuine i i don't think he really knew i don't really understand why that word was on the tip of his tongue mm. um but with that being said i mean it, it's kind of like in some ways, he's, his, his downfall is kind of because of his graciousness, because he was somebody who was, as you mentioned, incredibly open with fans. I mean, he held a 24-hour stream for charity. So when yeah. people talk about you know, doing these streams and it's a waste of time and all the rest of this, I mean, there was actually value that came out of this. and It was a way for him to kind of be sort of just one of the people. And so if he was a closed athlete who – you know, we never hear from, and there's plenty of those who don't interact with fans. They, they act like they're above fans. This probably never even gets out. Um, and mm. so, so I, I feel, I will say this, obviously the word is offensive. I'm not excusing the use of the word. Um, with that being said, 
I do feel badly for him. I do because I, I, I feel like, you know, you never know anyone completely, but I, I, my interactions with him have been incredibly positive. I do mm. think he had a positive effect on this team. Uh, the team did see value in him beyond just, you know, the contract being eligible to be traded, which is something that we're going to discuss here, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, you know, he played a role for them last year. And, you know, we can say it was $9 million too much or not too much. I mean, sometimes players get uh, – they get additional money because of the way that the salary cap works. Um, I remember a few years ago, JJ Reddick got a $20 million deal, one year deal with Philadelphia. And it was basically because that's the money that they had over the cap. Was JJ Reddick worth 20 million to them that year? No, but it's just, sometimes you just get lucky. Uh, You're in the right place at the right time. And Myers contract was a contract that they felt, okay, useful player, good in the locker room. And ultimately, you know, if we have to trade him, we can use him to aggregate salary to get maybe a bigger player uh, at a bigger name player at some point, a more high impact player. And so I, I understood the reasoning for it. And as far as this goes, I mean, again, I, I feel horribly. I mean, I, you know, I went through a, a very public situation myself, which people really didn't understand and still don't understand. And so I, I'm sensitive to that too, that, you know, your life can kind of get turned around and destroyed with, with one moment and everything else is forgotten. Yeah. So for a lot of reasons, I have, you know, very conflicting feelings on this. And that's why, you know, the only thing that really, really offended me, honestly, in the first 24 hours was people on Twitter demanding that five reasons make some kind of a statement Mm. and implying that we were afraid of losing credentials. A, I've had credentials for 25 years. They're not going anywhere. Okay. Mm. There's been much, much worse things than me. If I had criticized Myers Leonard that they could have taken credentials away for. So that's first thing. Okay. So I just want, I just want to make that absolutely clear. Okay. But, but the second thing, I mean, they've credentialed, our outlet basically because of their relationship, you know, the team's relationship and trust with me over 25 years. So yeah. that was, that was a little, but the other thing was this feeling, and, and I hate to say it, but it's from a lot of my Jewish counterparts who felt that because I'm Jewish, I have to somehow, if I don't speak up on this, when I spoke up on other things that essentially I'm sort of foregoing my responsibility or I'm afraid to, it's not that I didn't want to say something in 280 characters mm. that is so nuanced to me. This is, you can be upset. I, I wanted bigger platforms like this. I did it on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I did it a little bit on our podcast, but I feel like it needs to be talked out. It's not something, you know, just the tweet to just be on the record saying you're offended. I don't know what that does here. I, to me, it's, he said something he shouldn't have said. I don't know why the word was on the tip of his tongue. Yeah. I also know how those video game uh, sessions get on Twitch, et cetera, where you pretty much say the nastiest possible thing you can to another person um, in the heart of it. He's playing a shooting game, okay, which at its nature is yeah. violent. The language is violent, okay? All And then, again, he had opened up his life where everybody could kind of see what he was at, where he was up to. So to me, all of these things come together and then it makes it a really challenging situation. And the other thing is people were connecting his stance as far as standing during the national anthem as being somehow indicative. And I think as much as I was somebody who am very pro Kaepernick, I've made that clear. Uh, (laughs) Everybody knows where my politics lie. Okay. But, 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 but but I never tell that against Myers And, and here's, here's why. Look, I think he's misunderstood the message that Kaepernick had. I don't think it had anything to do with the military. But again, he has a military family. He had his beliefs. And if you, when, when he came to his, he went to his teammates, he spoke to all of them. He was respectful about it. And if you remember, Jimmy Butler and my, and Jimmy Butler, who wanted Myers back on the team this way, this mm. year, by the way, badly, okay? Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam put Myers between them 
during the anthem so that it was clear that the yeah. two leaders of the team uh, respected him and, and understood his stance. Maybe they didn't agree with it, but they were supportive of his ability to have his, 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 his right to have it. And yeah. so people who are taking that and saying, oh, no, this is just some racist who hates everybody. I, I just I 100 percent believe that is not true. I think mm -hmm. he's the thoughtful person who got carried away. And I don't understand that that because that's a word like you kind of have to know that word. I, yeah. I, so that it, it's it's a weird one. And maybe it's something that somebody in his family said at some point and he co-opted it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But like I said, Dan, it's it, it's a it's a difficult, difficult conversation. And it's yeah. it's tougher for the heat. Because if you know the Heat's front office, it's not just their ownership, you know, with the Arisons, who are very active in Israel, as you may know. Yep. I mean, for 100 years, I mean, Ted was born there, Mickey's father. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, you know, they have a lot of their frontline executives are Jewish, okay? And so it, it makes it even harder to kind of figure out, you know, how they're going to handle it, although I sort of have an idea. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think that... Um... I'm glad you brought up a couple of things there. One, um, I'm pleased you brought up about the uh, the standing for the anthem because it was something I was going to touch on because I think that there's a lot of things here that I think are a little bit unfair. Uh, these are the reasons why I didn't also tweet much about this when it happened. Uh, I, I tweeted my disappointment um, and I tweeted one thing that was... Um, you know, a, a question being pointed towards him, which I'm going to come on to in a second. But I, I, the, the whole um, standing for the anthem thing, and there's a couple of things in his statement that was said that I think he's getting unfairly criticised for, because I don't believe that that, that the, uh, the the standing for the anthem thing should have any reflection on this. He, he, he's given his reasons for it. I've defended those reasons when it happened, when when this was all going off in, uh, you know, when, when he did stand for it. I defended him to say that it's within his right. It doesn't mean he's against the Black Lives Matter movement. So I, I, I stick by that. I don't just see because of this uh, situation that's happened that, that now everything changes. I don't believe that. Um, in terms of the statement, that he put out he got some again some criticism that i believe again was a little bit unfair in terms of um what it sort of hit all the usual cliches and that's what i think he got um uh, sort of came down quite hard on is he said all the usual things that you would expect him to say and that was that you know this isn't who he is and he will he will learn from it and he will seek out help to get educated and so on and people gave him a hard time for that and there's one thing that i do i, I am going to come on to which i am going to criticize in a second but I don't get the criticism behind that because what else do you want him to say? He's taken ownership for it. Whether you believe that he is that person or not is up to each individual person, but he's saying, this is not a reflection of who I am. So he's saying, I want, I'm going to seek out people to help me and to educate me so I can fight it. To me, I don't get, even though that might be cliche, I don't get what else people can, what else people are expecting him to say. That being said, the only thing that I didn't want to hear, and I tweeted this, is one of the only things that I did tweet, is I didn't want to hear that I didn't know what the word meant. Now, only Myers Leonard will be able to tell you truthfully whether that is, in fact, the case, whether he knew what that word meant or not. To me, and this is my personal opinion, everybody has an opinion on it, for the fact that it isn't a very well-known uh, um, term, I didn't know what it meant, and I'm older than Myers Leonard, I didn't know what it meant. Um, I think a lot of people didn't. So the fact that it came out proceeded with a pause, delivered with a bit of venom and aggressiveness. I know that the context is it's a shooting game, et cetera, but also followed by a term, you know, the word bitch that followed it. Mm. I, I think that it, personally, I'm a little bit patronized that he's trying to say that he, he didn't. I could be wrong. Okay. Only mm. Myers Leonard knows the situation. So, but for the people giving him a hard time for the rest of it, 
personally, I don't get that. What else do you want him to say? Do you, do you, would you follow those lines? Yeah, I know. I, I think you're right. The, the pause to me was the most actual troubling part of the whole thing because you're right. I mean, he has time to think about it and he kind of, you know, sort of like, you know, unleashes it, right? Yeah. Like, so it, he, you know, it, it recoils and, and he shot it out there. I'm with you on that. I, and I'm also, like I mentioned, I'm with you on this having nothing to do with the whole anthem situation. I, I just, I don't, I don't believe he has mean spirited intentions that my interactions with him have been so overwhelmingly positive beyond the, beyond the normal. Okay. Yeah. Like beyond the normal kind of athlete. And he didn't know me from anything when he got here. Yeah, and exactly. I, I don't, I, you know, you know, and, and, and I feel like it was, a, and I was told great things about him when he came. So I, I just, I, I feel, you know what I think is happening here to a certain degree. And again, I, I'm not excusing the comment. But I think what we talked about earlier, where there were people who didn't want him on the team to begin with it had, it, for basketball reasons, because they felt like he, he should have been Jay Crowder, which is which is yeah. a which is a wrong assessment of the situation, because it wasn't about him or Jay Crowder. They were still able to offer Jay Crowder 14 million dollars for one year. Jay didn't take it. It wasn't yeah. about how much they what were they going to do, offer Jay 25? He's not worth 20. They, they, they offered him 14, which, to be honest, for Jay's contributions, was more than generous, more than generous. Jay's a $10 million player in my view. Okay. And so they were able to offer that even while giving Myers the money and keeping the flexibility. But, but he fans have not been able to process that the entire season. And particularly when you have a year where you've been short on bigs and then Myers got hurt again before there was really any opportunity for him to kind of contribute. And then, and just people just, I guess we're just tired of it from a basketball perspective. And so that's coloring their assessments of this. Look, I'm, I, look, I, I can't get into too much detail here, but yeah, sure. if I do, people may figure it out. But there, there, was, there was a circumstance, okay, I will just say uh, a few years ago, okay, when this was a much more prominent team than now, and, some, and, and words that were overheard, uh, slurs that were overheard during a shooting competition, okay, at a heat practice, um, and, and let's just say it didn't get out. And, and I, I, you know, and if it, let's, it would have dwarfed the situation, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, and, and I, I've had a lot of questions through the years about whether or not it should or it shouldn't have, okay? And, and again, it was, it, it was with somebody who I don't think had this actual view, um, but it was a heated competition and a word got out. And I'm sure it probably wasn't the only time that that word's been used during those competitions, just one that the media happened to see. I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, so, so this feels selective in yeah. some ways to me. It feels like this is a player who a lot of Heat fans were tired of. It's out there. It's on social media. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I think it would have been the same if he'd used a word that had slurred another group. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the only difference is, this is not as commonly used a word, okay, as some of those others. And if some, but let's use, look, a word that was used by Kobe Bryant literally on the court to an official, if you remember, yeah. during his playing career, right? And what did Kobe get? A fine, okay? It did not destroy Kobe's reputation, nor did the situation ultimately in, in uh, you know, in Denver, uh, that I think people know about, you know, colored Kobe's reputation. And that was obviously a much uh, more damning accusation because that was actually an accusation about an act, not just a word. And, you know, again, may he rest in peace. But when, when Kobe passed, the focus was not really as much on those two things as it was about, you know, the greatness of his life and his, and his play and his effect yeah. on others, et cetera. But 
Myers Leonard is not Kobe Bryant. And so because of that, you know, Myers is, is not going to get the, the benefit of the doubt that sure. because people wanted to still love Kobe Yeah. Uh, with Myers, you know, he's a backup center, essentially. Mm. He's not going to get that benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that's for, unfortunately. Yeah, no. Okay. Before we very quickly, then before we move on from um from Myers, do we see he has any future in the NBA in in the Miami on the Miami Heat or in the NBA? Um, what what are your thoughts with his career? Um, now? I I I don't think he has a future on the Heat as a player. I'm not sure he did anyway. Yeah. Um, I apologize actually, uh, since I know you're a bit. I'm actually at a soccer stadium right now. I'm in Miami CS <laughs> Stadium, and they're holding a press conference downstairs, and that's. Uh, it's a little so, different than the heat press conferences that I cover. And we have to mix in some Gloria Estefan, I guess, cause we're in Miami, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the rhythm is going to get you, uh, anyway. So, uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't think he was going to play for the heat again. No. Anyway, I think that at, once he got hurt, he was always going to be a trade piece. He'd be aggregated for another player. Um, will he play again in the NBA? I think probably if he's traded, he'll be cut immediately by that team. He'll just begin used as contract filler. Yeah. I do think that he's somebody who will do the work off the court. Yeah. And I think put himself in a position where he signed, is he ever going to make what he made before? No. no. Um, I, you know, I go back to another situation, you know, Tim Hardaway, who was just nominated for the hall of fame, you know, said one thing obviously about the gay and lesbian community on uh, Dan Levitard's show more than a decade ago. And not only did Timmy apologize, Timmy did the work. Timmy came out, yeah. you know, he was proponent of, of gay marriage. He, he worked with the, the LBGT community. Um, and yet Tim is still not in the Hall of Fame. And you cannot tell me, based mm -hmm. on some of those who've gotten in over the past decade, when Tim's been a finalist, that Tim's numbers and track record and all-star appearances did not compare with those players. So yeah. for certain people, it's just never totally forgiven. Yeah. But I think if Myers does the work, he'll have an opportunity to probably land a minimum contract somewhere mm -hmm. and kind of prove his worth to that community. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I don't know him as well as obviously you do. I don't know him at all. You know, I knew, I've had very minimal interactions with him, but he does strike me as the sort of person where I, I believe what he says in the fact that I will seek out people to learn, educate and fight it. So we'll see what happens with Myers. Let's move on. Um, okay, uh, today's latest name, or last night's latest name, there's a new name every single day by the, all of it, what we seem to get with the heat these days. Uh, this one seems to have a little bit of substance though. We've heard that um, LaMarcus Aldridge and San Antonio Spurs have agreed to sort of part ways. This is a player that the heat have always had an interest in, um, came very close to signing once or twice, I believe. Um, do we see this sort of thing? I mean, I know you and Greg have both tweeted about it. So there seems to be maybe some legs here. First of all, do you like the player? And second of all, do you see that there's a chance of this happening? Um, I do like the player. I don't like the player as much as I used to. But I, I think, you know, the Heat have certainly salvaged end of career players before. And I think for the kind of role that they'd be looking for, which is, you know, offense not running through him, but basically 20 minute a game role, possible closing, which is something that they're looking for is another option for Eric Spolster to close games down the stretch. I certainly think he could be useful. Now I am hearing, and as we're speaking, I was getting some texts uh, that uh, Portland may be his first choice, which is, is not an enormous surprise. Um, yeah. Obviously he left there on very good terms. I think he once said he always wanted to finish his career in Portland. So I could see maybe that being more likely the, the Blazers. It's interesting. The Blazers have always had a lot of bigs, but their bigs are always tend to get hurt. Zach Collins yeah. is always hurt. 
Uh, you know, they do have Nurkic, but you can't really count on him. You know, they got rid of Whiteside this year, replaced him with Canner, but you can't use – it's hard to use Canner defensively. And not that Aldridge is great, but Canner's maybe the worst, yeah. you know, big man <laughs> defender in the league. So so I don't know – you know, so I do think that he would serve a role there, and I think obviously he would be welcome with open arms in Portland. I think he and Dame, whatever issues they had, that relationship was – repaired and and i think that now that it's clear that dame is the star you know at that point there was kind of a transition from lamarcus to dame i think if dame reached out to lamarcus and said we want you here then i I think to me that seems most likely um if he goes to portland he goes to portland i think the only thing the heat should not root for is him to end up in boston because i I see see that happening Mm. and they've got a hole for a front court scorer and so i i i think that that that, i mean they just have a hole for functional bench players i mean honestly uh they they just they don't have many of them so i could see that being something and that's a way for danny ainge to kind of take some of the pressure off they're not Mm -hmm. getting like a a prime star right now because he's in on every trade but never seems to make any um i i so so i think that's possible and as far as the heat go i mean it really comes down to this i think the heat would prefer rudy gay to marcus aldridge um at this stage Uh, i think they they would prefer to have kind of that stretch ability but also a little bit a little bit more, not that Rudy's that athletic anymore, but a little more athleticism than Lamarcus at this stage to kind of yeah. somebody who could switch, you know, on defense, which I don't know if something Lamarcus would really be. He's, he's always been kind of, even in Lamarcus's prime, and he was, along with Bosch, maybe the best mid-range shooting big in the league. Yeah. But the, but the thing about it, he never was, you know, an elite defender from a quickness standpoint, even in his prime. I mean, that, that was never his thing. So, I, I think they would prefer Rudy. I think if they could get both, they would, you know, they would be willing to ante something up. I think for just Lamarcus, for Heat fans who think they're going to trade Olenek for Lamarcus, I just, I don't see it. I, they, uh, when I've talked to the Heat, they, they value Kelly. Um, yeah. They will trade Kelly, but they think Kelly is a very good third big. The problem is, they really, you know, they've had to use him as a second big the whole season because, yeah. you know, Precious isn't ready really for more, and certainly not to play with Bam, according to Eric. And they don't have anybody else. I mean, Chris Silva's holding a roster spot, never plays. Mo Harkless was supposed to play up to the four, never plays. Akpala hasn't been what they – I mean, they've basically got five dead roster spots yeah. all at the same spot. So, And Udonis <laughs> hasn't played a minute the entire season. So mm-hmm. I, I just I, – I, I, I think the Heat are interested because they're always interested in him. He's interested in them, okay? But – I would say if I was to handicap this, I'd say chances are, I would say Portland, Miami, and Boston would be the three. Yeah, and um, something else that doesn't maybe go into play is the fact that the Miami Heat have done business with 29 NBA teams. The one that they haven't is the San Antonio Spurs. Um, So do you think that, yeah, um, that Rudy Gay... Well, they would deal with them. I I think that's coincidence. Uh, You know why I think that is? I I, I honestly think it's because they're two really good organizations that that can't really take advantage of the other. Because to be honest, Riley... Um, has very few what I would say are friends in the NBA, like people he consults on stuff. He he consults Pop, I mean, through the years all the time. Like they have, even though their politics are different, they, their personality types in a lot of ways mm-hmm. are similar. No nonsense, structure. Um, you know, they've, bo- they've built the two best cultures in the sport, um, you know, over the past 25 years. I think Pat would absolutely deal. I think they would deal together. And in fact, that's the reason I think there's a little bit more likelihood of it happening because if Pop wants to take care of LaMarcus, it's clear, he's not going to send him to some trash organization. I, th- I think Pop would be okay sending him to Pat, okay, um, where he would feel like, okay, he's going to a place that he's always kind of wanted to go anyway. And I think he'd also feel good sending him to Portland. So that's why I think that 
that to me those are the two most likely scenarios yeah do, do you see um I, I know you've covered it extremely well and you've obviously got your context etc so do do you think that we're not going to do a trade for a trade sake you've said in your podcast that we're not going to trade right. our third best player for this, what would be the seventh best player etc so that's the mentality of of the franchise which is what i think a lot of us are agreeing with do you see that mm-hmm. there'll be there will be a tweak before deadline yeah i do think there'll be something i, yeah. I do i just i mean they're looking and Look, the tweak, the biggest tweak could potentially be Oladipo. But if it look, and that's been that name has been brought up with me enough internally now that I know they're monitoring it seriously. But they they want to get a bargain there. Like they, they yeah. don't, you know, because there's the, there's the other issue of do you want to resign him? And and if you sign Victor Oladipo long term, you're committing to a Bam Jimmy Victor core. I mean, and so you know that's that's the other question here. So you don't want to give up too much in terms of assets i think they're waiting for houston to just decide look mm. we got enough out of the hardened trade we took a flyer on vic he's not going to resign here let's just recoup what we can recoup can yeah. we get can we get maybe it's kendrick nunn and a second round pick and some filler or something like mm. can we get something of value so that we're just adding it to the haul that we got for james harden okay yeah. and uh, but i i don't think I, I would be stunned i would be stunned if Tyler Hero is included in the trade for Victor Oladipo, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't see that. And I know he'd be better than their seventh best player. I get it. Yeah. But because of Vic's history and uh, the music's pick, I think we got Mark Anthony here now, the music's picking up, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but yeah, I just, I, I think it's unlikely that they would give up Hero for him. Bradley Beal, different conversation. Okay. Totally. Victor Oladipo, not so much. Yep. To- I totally agree. Right. Ethan, one more question very quickly before I let you go. Um, the expectations now for the rest of the season. Do you think that um, you know that the Heat will always believe that they're better than what they can be? We've got a, quite a soft schedule coming up. We're only going to be looking forward now rather than down. And I know that's quite dangerous considering how tight the East is at the moment. But the Heat will believe in their abilities. Do you think that their expectations are a return to the finals again, or do you think Eastern Conference Finals, or, or do you think a path for this team right now? Whatever the tweaks may be, will be a second round exit. What, what, what's your personal thoughts on the rest of the season and uh, well, expectations? Well, their, fo- their focus is pretty simple. Can we get Jimmy Bam and Goran on the court at the same yes, time? Yes. Uh, and and until that happens, um, you know, it's hard to really say. I think they feel like if they can do that, they can add one rotation piece, particularly to finish up front, so that it doesn't always have to be Andre. It will be Andre some of the time, but it's, it doesn't always have to be Andre then I think they think that they can ha- they can challenge anybody in the East. I honestly think this time it's going to come down to matchups. I, I think I, the ideal situation for the Heat is to get into that 4-5 spot and have Brooklyn not be in the one spot. Mm. I, if, if Philly is in the one spot and they're in the 4-5, I think they'll feel comfortable. Let Brooklyn and Milwaukee deal with each other in the second round, okay? Uh, I, I don't think the Heat fear any of the teams that they could play in a 4-5. I don't think they fear Boston. I don't think they fear Toronto. Um, I don't think they fear Indiana. I think they think they, they can, if they're right, they can beat any of those teams. And to be honest with you, I agree with them. Yeah. Okay. But, but I, Brooklyn is the monster potentially for them. Cause I just don't think they can score with Brooklyn. And so I think their preference is let Milwaukee deal with, with Brooklyn because Milwaukee, the one thing Milwaukee has for whatever flaws you say they may have, and they do have some for sure. And I think they have more than they have last year because they don't have as much depth, but you can put Giannis under ramp. You can put uh, you can put Middleton on Harden, and you can put uh, Drew on Kyrie. And there's no other team in the league that has that level of def- defenders at those three spots to guard those three guys. Let mm-hmm. Milwaukee deal with Brooklyn. You deal with Boston, Toronto, Philadelphia, whatever, on the other side of the bracket. 
and then maybe Milwaukee beats Brooklyn, and then you're in an Eastern Conference Finals against a team you have confidence against in, Brooklyn, yes. in, in, in Milwaukee. Yes. That is the dream scenario, but you got to get to four or five. Look, if Brooklyn ends up in the one, they end up in the one, and maybe this thing ends around earlier. But I, mm. I just think – I do think they can win a first-round series. If Jimmy's healthy against Toronto, against Boston, they have the best player on the floor. If yeah. Jimmy's healthy. Playoff Jimmy is the best player on the floor. Don't give me Tatum. Don't give me Lau. Playoff Jimmy is the best player on the floor. So they just need they need to put him in a position where he can succeed. Um, you know, they just got to keep him healthy. And mm. the thing about Bam, you know, starting the second half with tendonitis is a little troubling because this is a guy who doesn't miss games. And, you know, just Jimmy doesn't need Bam as much as Bam needs Jimmy, but Jimmy needs Bam because otherwise there's, there's just too much of a burn and put on Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, a thousand percent agree, Ethan. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. I know how busy you are, so I really, really do appreciate you giving up some time for me. Before you go, please just let everyone know, of course, if they don't, which they should do, but if they don't, where can everybody find you and Five Reasons Sports? Uh, best way to get us is Five Reasons Sports on, on Twitter because I tweet everything from there. But the Five Reasons yeah. YouTube channel, we're, we got up over 11,000 subs this week. So post-game shows before floor, obviously, is our pre-game show. We've got uh, you know, the post game is, as, uh, as everybody knows, Royal Shepherd has taken over as the host of that. I think yep. he seems to only come on when they lose, but <laughs> we're going to work on that. Uh, we also do, uh, floors yours there at least once a week, uh, with the three of us from five on the floor. And of course, uh, you know, the core three are, are me, Alex and Greg, although we're, we're going to start to move in some other folks with us here over the second half of the season, because, you know, just like uh, Jimmy, Bam and Goran, the, the three of us need a break sometimes. So we're, yeah. we're going we're gonna to start to slot in some others. We, we've had more time together, the three of us, than, than the Heat's big three has. But <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to mix in some others. But, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. Of course, fivereasonsports.com. Uh, Brady Hawk, you know, in, he's in the lab writing 3,000 articles a day. So make sure you yes. check that out as well. Yeah, so much needed load management needed. It is great. Um, <laughs> every, everybody go and follow if they don't already. Um, Ethan, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Guys, we'll be back tonight. We're, uh, well, from every game now with our, our YouTube show, pr uh, Game Day from the UK, which is our pre-game show. So please check that out. Please go and follow the um, YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV. We've just started that off. We're trying to hit 200 uh, followers. And if you do so, then please um, don't forget to retweet our tweet to get a new Vice Fits t-shirt. That's a worldwide competition, so go and do that and subscribe. But Ethan, again, thank you so much for joining me. Definitely do. And Dan, we're going to have you on here on the pod here. Are you, you're you're going to come on with us here over the next month, so we'll, we'll grab you for five. We've got to keep you up one night, though. That's the problem. But we'll, we'll that, figure it out. That'd be awesome. I'll always have time for you. Okay, thank you very much. Speak to you soon, Thanks, guys. Dan. Take care. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.